temptation. Mark 1, 12 and 13. Welcome to a Ministry of Hope with Sarah Jones. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels began to serve him. Mark 1, 12 and 13. With these words, the contest between the Antichrist and the Christ unfolds. Satan had slithered out of the Garden of Eden, having won a victory over the first Adam. In the garden, where every need was met, there was still a lust for what was forbidden. What stood in the way of gaining the wisdom this forbidden fruit promised? It was the word of God that said, If you eat the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. So Satan accused God of lying. The word of God was discredited for what the eye lusted after. With that victory, Satan began to establish his domain of darkness. Death did come. The ground that had produced a garden now produced the thorn. The animals that Adam had named became wild. But all was not lost because a promise was given that one day the Christ would come and the curse would be broken. John was told that the one that he would see the Spirit descending on and resting on would be the long-awaited Messiah. As soon as Jesus came out of the water from his baptism, the heavens were torn open and the Spirit descended on him, and a voice came from heaven declaring, Jesus to be God's beloved Son, in whom God was delighted. What happened after this? Immediately, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Mark 1, 12. Jesus didn't go into the wilderness because Satan lured him there. He went because the Spirit brought him to the wilderness with power. It was at the Spirit's leading. The testing would be set to last 40 days. The 40 days of testing were not dictated by Satan, but ordained by God. At no time was Satan ever ruled over, has Satan ever ruled over God's authority. In the wilderness, among the wild animals, Satan tempted Jesus. For 40 days he was tempted, not in the garden where he had plenty, but in the wilderness where he had hunger. In the wilderness, as in the garden, the accuser took the word of God and 
twisted it. At the heart of all the temptations, whether in the garden or in the wilderness, was an invitation to join Satan in his rebellion. At the edge of time, Satan had determined to raise his throne above the throne of God. In the garden, it appeared he had won the contest. He was the ruler of the dominion of darkness. But now the Christ, the king of light, had come into the wilderness, fasting and hungry and vulnerable wrapped in a garb of human flesh. It was here that the Antichrist tested and tempted the Christ. I have known what it's like to be tempted in the garden where all my needs are met. I have known what it's like to lust for more even though my life is full. I have known what it's like to be tempted in the wilderness filled with fears that howl like wild animals. If I only look at life with my eyes of flesh and listen with ears in tune to the world, I fail. This is what I've learned from Jesus' example. Number one, God is in control. Number two, God's word is true and can be trusted. Number three, Satan quotes Jesus's, Satan quotes God's word with a twist. Number four, Satan accuses God of not being worthy of our trust. Number five, great temptations often follow great victories. Number six, temptations come before our appointed ministry. And last, number seven, victory comes when we listen to God's word with ears full of faith and when we persevere looking with our spiritual eyes at him who is invisible. We are invited to acknowledge our weakness and to put our faith in his strength. When we do that, we find that sometimes we are aided by unseen angels.